It was a dark and stormy night, as most nefarious tales begin, and I was finally driving home after a long night of reporting. I thought I was doing a good job avoiding any and all debris the storm had washed into the road when it happened. BAM! My right front tire hit a pothole, and it was a big one. The rainwater from the evening storm filled it with just enough water to trick my eye into thinking it was merely a puddle. But as the air seeped out of my popped tire, it was immediately clear. This was no mere road depression. I pulled over to the curb, put on my hazard lights, called a tow truck, and waited for help to arrive. God, I hate potholes. Welcome to the Metro Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Flanagan. And yes, my initial response to hitting that pothole, popping a tire, and as I discovered from the body shop my car was towed to, cracking the axle, was far more colorful than, God, I hate potholes. These hazardous craters, created by a mixture of asphalt, water, and freezing temperatures, make most drivers insane as they can cause all sorts of damage, which is why I was so shocked when Instagram casually introduced me to an artist who used the seasonal Curse of the Thaw as a frame for an ancient art form. I like to call it, um, you know, the unexpected grin. That's Jim Bakker, and he's a world-renowned mosaic artist, except instead of the ancient floors of Pompeii or the walls of a city subway station, Bakker's art is more grounded. A bit of happy, unexpected happiness. You're walking down the street, you don't... You don't expect to see anything, and then you you see this uh, brightly colored artwork of a subject that you wouldn't expect. You know, I try to keep people on their toes, so they're not always expecting ice cream and candy and whatever from my work. And because what, well, what what it is is it's like every it's I call it universal truce. Everyone hates potholes, and so a lot of my subject matter tends to be things that everyone loves, like ice cream or flowers. Jim, who's based in Chicago, came to New York to install a series he titled Vermin of New York. The mosaics include images of a cockroach, a dead rat, a dead pigeon, and a specifically larger and louder species that most New Yorkers find intolerable. The vermin aren't his typical subject matter, but Jim doesn't see any reason why his work should be predictable. So just kind of keeping people on their toes and flipping around expectations. As soon as you figure out what he's doing, he switches it around a little bit. Part of what makes Jim's artwork stand out, aside from existing in the literal street, is that his pieces tend to pop out at the eye. It's Italian glass. The colored, the colored glass you see here is really expensive. Some of my work, if it warrants, has actual gold in it. Um, if the if the piece warrants that, so it's kind of crazy. We you, you could actually see some precious metal in the street. I have a piece I did a couple years ago. It's just called paved with dot dot dot, and it's and the typography is done in gold. So the joke is, the street is literally paved in gold. All of Jim's pothole mosaic subjects are framed by tile-shaped white marble and sit in a bed of concrete. Juxtapose that to the black asphalt and you've got a striking piece of artwork. 
Now, if any of this sounds like a story you may have heard about but somehow missed, well that's because Jim's installations, like most street artists, are done guerrilla style, and the City Department of Transportation wasn't exactly thrilled about his work. In a statement, a DOT spokesperson said, aside from putting himself in harm's way in the middle of roadways, the artist's adding of artwork in the street is a danger to all road users, which poses safety hazards should drivers become distracted by the art. Now, when I met up with Jim, it was on a sunny Friday in July, and he was working on step two of his installation process. The mosaics had already been assembled and laid into fresh concrete in the ground, and the artwork had a chance to set overnight. Jim was on his hands and knees with wire brushes and even some old gentle tools, painstakingly cleaning any grains of concrete residue off the piles to assure no color or design aspect was lost. There's some concrete on the, on, the, on the colorful glass, so I'm just trying to bring out as much color as possible um, because this is, as, this is as pristine as it's ever going to look. This is when I'll uh, you know, take my final photos and I sell, you know, because I can't sell the art because it's stuck in the ground, I, uh, I sell fine art prints of them, so, you know, soon here I'll get a camera out and, uh, and take some nice photographs of it. So I'm just trying to get, expose all the color that could possibly have been uh, still covered up with, uh, with the concrete. So it's just a kind of like a number of rounds of scraping and picking away at the little areas of concrete that won't come up. A little bit of glue residue from the uh, first part of the install. I'm just trying to like reveal as much color as possible. Make sure that that uh, that uh, none, there's no glue or concrete hiding in the uh, any of the bright color of the glass. The entire installation process from concept to final photo is, by Jim's estimate, about 20 man hours each. Because the Vermin of New York campaign was funded through Kickstarter, as most of Jim's pothole campaigns are, he raised enough money to bring along an assistant, his nephew, Kevin Bacher, and he also hired a project manager, a Brooklyn local and creative jack-of-all-trades, Rusty Zimmerman. Now you might wonder how Jim and his crew are able to spend so much time mixing concrete, pouring it into a pothole, and then laying a mosaic on top, undisturbed? Like the power of the traffic count is that people obey. You want to, I don't know about New York, New York, but you want to shut down a street, get some 24 inch orange cones, lay them out and you can close down your street for a day. Because people obey, you know, yeah. and so it's awesome. Uh, it's as simple as that. Jim also wears a reflective orange vest while he works, so he's easily seen by drivers. Even though, as he found out, the vest carries an even more symbolic power in a city like New York. That's the other funny thing is, I just look like a city worker that's taking way too long to fix one pothole. <laughs> you know, we wear these vests really for safety purposes. We're not trying to fool anyone. It just so happens that we also <clears throat> look like we're city workers. 
The third and less obvious safety precaution is the location of the potholes Jim works in. He's not out in the middle of the street blocking traffic. For his New York City series, Jim stays close to the curb, where cars don't drive and are less likely to park. The series production manager, Rusty Zimmerman, explains the criteria for choosing a mosaic-worthy pothole. Uh, fire hydrants are great because New Yorkers know to stay at least 15 feet away from them. Uh, and so that's how you know when you find a sweet one that meets your criteria of being roughly 18 by 24 and about at least one inch deep uh, with a solid foundation on the bottom for all the kids out there who are going to go and make their own pothole mosaics. Um, having a fire hydrant nearby guarantees that when you come back and you're ready to install, you won't have a minivan parked on top. And you'd want a fairly secure street location for something you were putting about 20 hours of work into. But what exactly do those 20 hours entail? Rusty explains. The white tiles are marble and um, the colored bits are vitreous uh, glass uh, from a company called, or uh, a product called Smalty, uh, that is uh, expensive Italian glass. And um, they get laid and pegged in the, uh, the art making process into a sheet of clay uh, to hold still until the artwork is constructed and completed and then get uh, brushed over with a heavy coat of uh, Elmer's school glue, the likes of which you and I and everybody else hopefully got to play with in elementary school. Perhaps taste. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> guilty. And, um, and then layered over with a sheet of cheesecloth. Good morning. Good morning. And, um, and then uh, that uh, becomes the medium that holds everything in place, lifts out of the clay, and gets transferred to a board for easy transport via FedEx from Chicago to New York, and then uh, just gets slid on top of the newly filled pothole, tapped down, patted in, and uh, slowly released from the cheesecloth by way of uh, pouring water over to soften the Elmer's glue. So how did Jim get this good? I mean, who goes around installing mosaics in potholes? Well, it all goes back to a European vacation Jim and his wife took in the late 1990s. So I kind of became an ancient history dork, and in turn, you get exposed to ancient art when you start doing that, and the stuff that survives to this day, for the most part, tends to be, you know, uh, mosaics or maybe sculpture or something like that. And so it was this the, the durability of mosaics that, to, to this day, blows me away, where it's where I could do something in this technique um, that has not this particular piece, but but other pieces where it has the potential to survive a couple thousand years, theoretically. And, uh, and I just think that's kind of fun that there's that possibility. With his spark of interest growing into a flame, Jim left his former career as a creative in the advertising industry and became a full-time artist, even returning to Italy to study mosaic making. Jim considers the pothole installations a form of free advertising. Each piece includes a specialized tile with his logo on it, and the photograph he takes of each completed piece gets posted on Instagram and his other social media pages, and some even get printed on website swag, like t-shirts or mugs. But Jim says he is aware that installing his work in this sort of slow motion Banksy style does come with risk. You know, it, there's an interesting um, uh, uh, contradiction there, because I just was telling you about how durable the art, art form it is, and it is, 
but given where I'm putting it, it's it's not going to last forever, just given the location. So it, this painfully permanent art form isn't going to last forever. And I learned that lesson quickly early on, and, and so I just make it, I just document stuff, and that's part of the process, and and it's okay that it goes away. And go away, they did. After getting wind of the Vermin of New York series of pothole mosaics, the New York City Department of Transportation did what everyone else looking for Bacher's work would do. They sought out the location of each piece, usually posted on Jim's Bacher.com website, and then jackhammered each one out of the street and paved over the pothole with asphalt. But before any of that happened, I asked Jim about the bureaucratic durability of his particular style of work. This pothole certainly is not going to last a thousand years, if, if not a year or two, depending on what the city does with the street. But, but the technique and my fine art work, which is, which is why I started this originally, which is kind of, just to kind of draw some attention to my fine art stuff, and it kind of took over my entire career. But uh, stuff that's framed, stuff that's on a wall done the same way is crazy durable. And uh, that's the stuff that, with minimal effort, could last unbelievably long time. Because all it is is concrete, glass, and, uh, and, and stone, depending on, or marble, depending on you know, the piece. Ephemeral is the name of the game with Jim's pothole mosaic work, although he says they've never been installed and removed all in one week. But his attitude towards the inevitable destruction of much of his work is about as fluid as the rainwater that filled the pothole I hit all those years ago. I don't know. Can't take myself too seriously, given what I do. You know, gotta move on. Got other artwork to do. Want to see how Jim Bakker installs a mosaic into a pothole? Well, check out our newly redesigned podcast webpage at metrofocus.org podcast to see a video of Jim at work, pictures from his New York installations, and a full transcript of this week's episode. Or you can just click on the podcast window. That's the purple one in the upper right-hand side of our metrofocus.org webpage. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Metro Focus podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud, and please leave a comment or click a review star to help more people find us online. You can also stay up to date with the podcast and everything Metro Focus by following us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a story or a subject you think we should know about, message us on Facebook or tweet us with the hashtag UniquelyNewYork so we can cover more of the stories you want to hear on Metrofocus.